Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. A quick editor's note before today's show begins. We recorded this show before the news of John Robinson being fired was announced to the public. So when we tier maker general managers, we kind of go down a path uh, about talking about John Robinson in particular for a little bit. Just know that we recorded this show before that news broke. So go ahead, uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy. And here is today's edition of Draft Dudes. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle krabs we're your host chris schubert floating around producing this thing we're from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online the number one spot for all your sports wagering information they've got everything you can imagine uh all the sports right nfl nhl nba golf tennis boxing esports you name it you can find it over at bet online they've got giveaways contests a lot of great stuff all season long and we got a deal for you. You can sign up today. You get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. It's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Cotton Candy Day to you. Happy Back on the Wagon Day with uh, you know, streaks, streak on big on draft dudes. Yeah, I'm not it's acknowledging that at all. I didn't have the opportunity to be on yesterday's show. Wasn't made aware of when it would be after following up multiple times on the recording. I was told, Joe, Kyle and I will handle it. And I oh, said so my you, attendance streak is You just is not told everybody who it was. Huh? You just told everybody whose responsibility it was. Maybe Joe, I had your back, Joe. I said I'm not acknowledging that I'm the leader, that you yeah. are still the leader. Okay. Right. I just Chris, want you to... Chris actually said we're going to let the people decide. I did. I, did. I said I let the today. people decide, but I said I was firmly in your camp. Yeah. That it's an excused absence that does not count towards the streak. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, completely out of my control. Wasn't even made aware. I wasn't given the opportunity to be on the the, the third rescheduled opportunity to be on the show. <laughs> so I, I accept no blame in not being on that podcast. The streak lives. And you... You know Joe feels some kind of way about it because it's just the energy, right? Well, no, no one can see this, but he's like bopping in his chair. He's yeah, like, he's, like he's, he's like all fired up heated. because he knew he was annoyed with the moving target yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's heated with us yep. for sure. Welcome back. <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Speaking of welcome welcoming. Welcome back. Speaking of welcoming, we are going to welcome in the first two teams for the 2022 version of the Levy Grail. We've got two teams to discuss, and I'm if I know my friend Joe, and I know the preparation that he did for this show, he's got the poem ready to go, the inspiration for what we are doing here. So, Joe, I, I pass the microphone, I pass the baton to you, set the stage with your poem and why we do this each and every year. Fight on, my men. I am hurt, but I am not slain. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. Words from an anonymous European writer in the 14th century and also the words used by Hall of Fame head coach Marv Levy to inspire the Buffalo Bills after losing Super Bowl 
after Super Bowl, after Super Bowl, after Super Bowl. And we now use them now to inspire fan bases that are not going to be playing postseason football this year. And we reflect on only positive things. We cannot say anything negative about the Houston Texans or the Chicago Bears today as we look to the future and the opportunities ahead to not be in this position again next year. Joe, Welcome I have a question for you. Grill. Okay. What was the first – like, when did Marv Levy decide, hey, I got to break out this poem? Was it after the first one or was it after the – like, how much adversity do you need to climb before you, you break out the poem? Do you know when, when this debuted? You're asking me this like I wrote a book on the team or something that I would Go have. Bills. <laughs> this, uh, it, it, the, the, the best uh, I can give you is it was used after the fourth Super Bowl loss. But you, know, you can read different things that said it came up multiple times throughout his tenure. So I don't know exactly um, – when, but uh, the the spirit of uh, of what we're talking about stands. Fight on, my man. Fight on. So we are talking about the Houston Texans first. Makes sense. They're in line for the number one overall pick, right? They are primed for the number one overall pick. Joe, I'd like to ask you another question, and this is this is not negative. I'm just asking the question. But we asked about. Yesterday, I asked Chris, between the Jaguars and the Colts, we looked at both of their schedules. And the Texans play both of these two teams again. So my question for you is how many wins will Houston ultimately finish this season with when it is all said and done? So what's I, I would like to know the rest of the games. I have to I have to know. I I, I, I don't they're not gonna beat any team. They, they, they've won all the games they're gonna win this year. One. You think that's they, it? Yeah, man. This team's oh, rough. Lord. I just opened it up. This team is so rough. Like watching, I've I've watched some of their last two games against the Dolphins and the Browns, and if you, <laughs> there's just there's no path. Dallas, Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Indy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like maybe Indy in Week 18, maybe. I hope they maybe. Do. I hope they do. I hope everybody gets a win. Did you All think right. that they won more than a game? Like what? No, we just talked about the other two teams. We talked about the Jaguars and the Colts. Oh, okay. And we gotcha. were like, well, they, but how, who finishes ahead because they're separated by half a game? And we didn't really touch on the Texans, but now that we're on the Texans today, and I, I didn't realize the first three games of their remaining five are that. Three <laughs> first-place teams, Dallas and Kansas City? Yeah, that's pretty rough. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, the Houston Texans... I think if I was going to start packaging uh, optimism for this football team, it's, it's that you are a blank slate. And you consider you, you've made a lot of high draft selections of this past year's NFL draft. And, and some of those players like Jalen Petrie, who had an interception this past weekend, and Derek Stingley, whose talent is obvious. And you got a starter on the offensive line and Kenyon Green. And uh, you think about John Mechie and the triumphant return that he is eventually going to make. Um, some talented players, and then obviously you have a boatload of draft picks and, and capital at your disposal right now. So whoever is ultimately making the decisions and whoever is ultimately coaching the team, 
you are going to have the opportunity to place your imprint all over this football team. And if you approach the 2023 season just with the expectation that you're probably not going to compete in 2023, but you have primed yourself to give yourself margin for error in order to build a successful program, I think that's probably the place you have to start when you talk about the Texans. Yeah, I like I like the words blank slate, and I, I think that could extend to uh, GM and head coach, right? I'm not exactly sure who's safe and who's not. Um, it's kind of a unique situation after uh, a one-and-done Coach Cully uh, to Lovey Smith and going one and done again. And, you know, does Nick Casario get more time? I'm unsure. I'm unsure on those things. But w- we we can all acknowledge that the roster has a few building blocks, but it's the resources ahead that you get excited about, whether that's $48 million in cap space, seventh most in the NFL. And, and I think a nice little footnote there is that you have $48 million in cap space with no critical expiring contracts of concern. So you could really use that to bring in new players um, to your roster. And you also have 11 draft picks in the 2023 NFL draft, two first round picks, your own, which is trending towards being the number one pick in addition to Cleveland's first round pick. And, you know, they, they've got a losing record. That should be a, a fairly high selection. You got a second round pick that's your own. So a top of the second round pick, two threes, a four, a five, and four six round picks. And so your opportunity to continue infusing this roster with young talent um, is a good place to be. And you mentioned some of the young players that already exist. And there's been good experience, meaningful experience gained for the likes of Kenyon Green and Jalen Petrie and Derek Stingley, and even Christian Harris has gotten some run here of late. So you have developing young players that are getting experience. You have more young players coming, and you have a fair amount of cap space to find some meaningful veterans to complement the young players that should be coming into this football team. So it's not like you're a, a team that's having a bad year that doesn't have resources to help you get better. Hello, New Orleans. The resources, right. New Orleans, the Saints. Hello, Los Angeles. Sure. And and we'll get the negativity out now because when it's their turn for the Levy Grail, we can't have any, but you're not those teams. So let me ask you a question too. If you were the Houston Texans and you have the number one overall pick, are the Houston Texans a team that, in your mind, is ready to draft a quarterback, or is this an opportunity to double down yet again and really buy into building for the future and having assets at your disposal that are just to the nines? Yeah, for me, Kyle, um, and, and this is this is not a predictive answer, so if I can just establish right. that right now, this is if I were in control here. I'm going to do my due diligence on these quarterbacks. I'm going to I'm going to meet with with those top four guys, and and consider them like I am going to pick them. And if I love one of them, if I really believe in one of them, yeah, we're going to pull the trigger. But I would say that's probably unlikely <laughs> that that's going to happen for me. And so I am going to be very interested in trading back. And what I really like about that approach, at least in terms of how I would attack it, is. I wouldn't be in this big rush to get all the stuff that I 
I need right now. I, I would be willing to take high picks years out, right? I don't have to have it now. Like, I don't need to have two first-round picks this year. I'd, li- I'd like right. to kind of spread that around, really allow myself to be set up for uh, uh, the future. So I would be looking into some of these these veterans that are, are going to be available in free agency at the quarterback position um, just as much as I would be, you know, considering drafting one. But I, I, I would likely be looking to, to move out of that first pick. And there's probably going to be some teams that are successful teams based on the fact that picks three, four, and five belong to teams that is not the original team. Mm-hmm. Who Detroit is getting edging close to 500. You have the Philadelphia Eagles. You have the Seattle Seahawks. Is any of those teams going to be interested in in coming up for that player that you might not deem that your roster is ready to collect on? And if you get there, and, and I'm, I'm alluding to specifically either Detroit or Seattle, I think we know Jalen Hurts has solidified his footing there, but say they fall in love with a quarterback and you're trading out of the number one overall spot and you get to pick it, you get to charge a team for the number one overall pick to pick a quarterback, but then you still get to stay in the top five. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're going to get a really, really good football player and arguably a better football player just based on relative talent versus positional value. Love that for them in a lot of ways. So they got to attack it the right way, but they have some good opportunities. And Kyle, I think one little note here that I, I wanted to bring up and, you know, we, we talked about, or, you know, look, is it Casario back? Is Lovey Smith back? You know, who's not back is Jack Easterby. Right, like he's already gone. Big dubs. Yeah, and I think <laughs> big dubs, man. That's something to celebrate right now. I think getting him out of the picture was a big win for the organization. And there was a point here recently where I was wondering if if that would ever happen, right? If he was just too rooted into this operation to get out of the way. And I think him actually being gone is something uh, for for Houston Texans fans to celebrate. Anything else on the Texans? Yeah, I've got a few more notes written down. Um, I think expectations being low is a good place to be, right? I, I That gives you time. I don't think anybody's looking at the Houston Texans next season and saying, yeah, you, you got to win football games, right? You can continue to take a responsible approach to building up your team to get to a point where you can sustain success. Uh, I think we should have mentioned a couple of young playmakers on offense, Nico Collins and Damian Pierce, who I think in a tough situation have found ways to be productive. And I think those are useful building blocks as you consider what your offensive unit can look like moving forward. I think they're in a good position because they do have an offensive tackle tandem. Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard, those guys are strong players. And on the interior, I think you you might need two new starters, but at least you have the tackles figured out. I feel good about Tunsil and Howard who are both under contract through next season that's going to give your your offense a, a chance to function there with whatever you do at quarterback. And then, um, not to be redundant, but yes, young players that gained some meaningful experience this year. So that's that's the full chamber that I had on, on Houston Texans positivity. So let's talk about the Chicago Bears then. I think it, the discussion with Chicago starts and ends with the quarterback in, in Justin Fields and the potential that he has shown this season. And he's... Uh, on pace to potentially set some NFL records this year with his play on the field. You see the flashes, you see the ability as a passer, but you understand that the 
down to down capability of executing that component of, of an offense is just not there because the supporting cast around Justin Fields is not there. And he himself does need growth. You know, he can, needs mm-hmm. to continue to grow, but you talk about valuable experience for all these young players with the Houston Texans. Think about the valuable experience that Justin Fields is collecting right now and in playing within chaos. And then, and then as the players around him win with more frequency, he can be more comfortable winning inside of structure. And then the experience that he has garnered now will help him in his less frequent opportunities of playing within chaos uh, in the years to come as he continues to mature as a player. But Chicago, you got a new GM and a new head coach last year. Um, You got the hard part out of the way. You definitively have a young quarterback that is worth building around and you know that, and and you, you will have a full season sample size to be able to, assess him and assess the players around you, you should have a very clear picture of the kinds mm-hmm. of players that you need to step in. You have the, the very clear picture of the kind of system that you want to run and who the kinds of talents are that are going to unlock new levels of Justin Fields' game and complement what he does. And then from there, it's just a matter of executing and going out and doing it. And the other thing that I would point out, Joe, because I don't want to say too much here on the front end of this, but you got a lot of young play players on the defensive side of the ball this year. So I understand you have a defensive minded coach, but, but there's no reason why Chicago should come into this year and say, we got to unload the chamber on the defensive side of the ball. You kind of did this, that, that this past year with all your early picks. So uh, I think your roster is primed to have the right mentality to play this off season or, and, actually attack the most important thing, even though that was a critique that we had for the Bears last offseason. But, um, yeah, I'd start with those two uh, as my core observations with Chicago and optimism. I love what you said there about Justin Fields and not just the the positive flashes that he's had in a tough situation, but the opportunity for the decision makers there to gain really good insight onto into how to move forward with him in the best way to build around him. So that that's a really, really good, strong talking point in my opinion. And you can, you know, I don't, I don't know that I would say that Ryan Poles um, failed Justin Fields this off season, but I think that him navigating that off season is going to put him in really good position to attack this one where they're staring at the most cap space in the NFL. Um, depending on where you look, you you know, over the cap right now has the Bears projected to have $124 million in cap space, number one in the league. And, and you know, that's that's a boatload of money, guys. Uh, you know, look, that's a lot, right? You could you could do some things there. You can find some meaningful veterans to to insert into this football team. And, you know, kind of like what I talked about with um with the Texans, not a very daunting list of expiring contracts. I think the biggest name here is David Montgomery. And if you want to bring him back, you can. I mean, what's you can, right? Whatever you want to say there. If, if that's a player that you feel is a staple for your offense, you can you can commit to him and and not really think twice about it. And so the cap space is huge, but also the draft picks. You've got eight of them. Uh, your own first round pick, which is likely to be in the top ten. You traded away a second-round pick for Chase Claypool, but you still have a second-round pick courtesy of the Ravens, a three, two fours, two fives, and a seven. So a nice little uh, arsenal of draft picks here, which is is good for them because they they have been lacking when it comes to draft capital in, in, in recent years, whether it's been uh, the Khalil Mack trade and kind of having to 
deal with that and then also the trade up for Justin Fields. So all of that's now behind you. And you have this this stockpile of resources in the form of draft capital and cap space to to build up your football team after you've had time to assess and really get a, a feel for what you already have. So I think that's going to position the Bears really, really well to have a strong offseason and one that we should, I, you know, I, I think we'll be talking a lot about the players that they're able to get, right? So I don't know if it's going to be Jaguars-esque, but they're going to be the talk of the offseason. And obviously it needs to translate to the regular season, but there's going to be a lot of new players coming to this football team. How about this talking point? You think about the NFC North and your traditional power, the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And I understand you just lost a head-to-head game against them, but they appear to be on a downswing. You appear to be on an upswing. The Detroit Lions appear to be on an upswing. The Minnesota Vikings, while one of the most impressive teams in football, I think are a very likely regression candidate for next year because of how many one-score games they've won. I mean, they've lost two games and they got blown out in both. And nine of their 10 wins have been one-score games. And in the vast majority of those, I think seven of those, they had to come back and win in the fourth quarter or overtime. So I I look at the landscape in the NFC North, and I think Chicago is much more primed to actually be competitive in the division next year as compared to what what Houston is. That's a good point. It'd be fun. I'd I'd love to watch the NFC North and it be Bears Lions, you know, like Jeez. a fierce rivalry. That that'd be really really fun. Um, you know, I think we talk a lot about what's around Justin Fields and we become underwhelmed. But I will say, I think three of their young offensive linemen have played really really well and exceeded my expectations. And uh, I'll start with left tackle Braxton Jones, a rookie who has played well this year. I'm not sure that he's not their guy. I, I certainly don't think they have to go into this offseason having Desperate. to get a left tackle, right? He think he's played well. Tevin Jenkins has been terrific at right guard. And Larry Porm at right tackle ain't bad, been bad either. So I think you have, if nothing else, three meaningful young players that have a chance to be fixtures or at, at a minimum be high, high-quality backups. Uh, so I really, I really have been encouraged by those three players and what they brought to this football team, especially Jones and I mean all three of them, Jones, Jenkins, and Borum haven't been the disasters I think a lot of people feared they could be this year. Also, shout out to UDFA Jack Sanborn, uh, looking like a nice gem for the Bears on the defensive side of the ball as well, who's maybe not outperformed our expectations, but apparently outperformed the drafts, the, the league's expectations. You sniffed that one out, Kyle. That yeah. was a good. That was a good, crazy, good one there. Smart linebackers who can tackle end up being good. Seems important, right? Just the, the elevator pitch, right? Right. Smart linebacker that can tackle. It's a two hundred forty pound tackle or two hundred forty pound <laughs> linebacker who can tackle and has good instincts. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you you mentioned Jaquan Brisker, who's had a terrific season for them. Um, already looking like a building block for that defense moving forward. And Kyler Gordon, I don't think he's played well this year at all. Um, But if nothing else, another player to put into that bucket of young player with talent that has gained experience, right? Like the, to have those, those moments behind you matter, right? Like, like in in a, in a three and 10 season where they're at right now to, to have a player that, you know, is going to be a lot better in future years to get the bad football out of them right now is is really, really good, and I think Kyler Gordon will be um, well-equipped for what he's been through this year and 
projecting him moving forward. Agreed. The other thing I have down here is is Khalil Khalil Herbert. I think you have to be encouraged there um, as a pass catcher and as a complimentary back to David Montgomery. And you know who knows if David Montgomery's back or not. But I think some continuity in the backfield alongside Justin Fields exists regardless of Montgomery's back. And I think there's been some encouraging uh, stuff from Khalil Herbert as a, as a playmaker for this offense. Is it time? It's time. We're going to do the thing. Chris is going to have to put his phone down now. And Okay. As if I, as if <laughs> Are I you guys have... actually in the same room? I'm having a hard time figuring this out. Yeah, we're in the um... Go ahead. room you're in. The front. Go ahead. Try to do this without breaking your laptop. Thanks. I'm going to try. You don't have to break the front down here. Is he across from you? Yes. We are across the across the room from one another. Um, So I know on yesterday's show I said, "Hey, we're going to do the 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 GM thing probably on Thursday's show, and that's probably when we're going to do it." No, we're going to do it today. We're going to do a tier maker, not even a big board. We're going to give you all of it. We are tier making the general managers just based on a take that we got about who the top five GMs in the league were. Joe did a fantastic job of creating the buckets. For this conversation, Yay. I'm just here to guide the journey. The four tiers. Top shelf, solid, the jury is still out, or not it. So those are your four tiers. I have the list. Joe, I'm just going to go in the order you gave me, and we'll get through this list of 32 general managers. Brandon Bean. Top shelf. Top shelf. Les Sneed. Solid. This was a hard one for me. This is really tough, right? I put him in solid, okay? I respect what he's done to have a lot of success with the Rams, including a Super Bowl championship. But all of the concerns that I had about his methodology are showing up right now, and I don't know I don't know their path out of it. I think that's probably the least envious situation in the league right now. And so you created a winner, but you also created a mess. So I couldn't put him in top shelf. And none of the other buckets made sense, so I put him in solid. So he's been the GM since 2012. So he's been at this about a decade now. And the Rams have went through a couple cycles, right? Build it up, get competitive, kind of fall off a little bit, and you make another big transition, you break through, win the Super Bowl. If he gets his way out of this... And into another winning cycle. Name the, the award man after. Deserves a statue. Name the GM award after. That's what I think. I put him in solid because yes, Joe, like you said, he, he won the Super Bowl. That's the primary objective. But at what cost? Moving forward. And if I can add, worth it. It is. Like anybody should sign up for. It, it, like I, if he's, I don't want to take anything away. I don't want to be like. Well, they, I know they won the Super Bowl, Bowl but, but like, <laughs> no, they won the friggin' Super Bowl. Like, if, so. it's it's the same thing with John Schneider, right? And I know we're going to get to John Schneider. But yeah, don't do we'll the thing that, before yeah, doing yeah. the thing. I just have a talking point. John Schneider had an incredible run of early drafts, won a Super Bowl, and has kind of been stuck in the middle with you ever since, right? <laughs> He's... St- He'd been a 10-plus-year tenure GM, and he won a Super Bowl. It's a great like, – like, fans of Seattle, when Schneider's done, should look back with nothing but praise 
for John Schneider's efforts with the Seattle Seahawks. And in the same way that, like, if Les Snead gets fired two years from now, Les Snead as a general manager is definitively a success. And that's why I put him in solid. Omar Khan. Jury's still out. Jury is still out. There's going to be a lot of that. So, Green Bay Packers general manager Brian, and I don't know how to pronounce his last Gutengeist. name. Okay. There you go. Here's your name. Brian Gutengeist. I put solid. Solid. Jason Like. Solid. Really? You don't think Jason's yeah. a top, top shot? You're going to dismiss and say, well, congrats, Jason. You signed Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl. 100% what I'm saying. Joe, 100% I applaud that. I applaud that that's the, the reason why he's he solid. So here's where I struggle with Jason. Jason and I, it seems like, based on how Tampa has drafted, see a lot of position groups the same. But there's a couple, corners being one, and I understand some of that influences Todd Bowles, that we see dramatically different. <laughs> so it's like I want to I want to heap praise on Jason because he often drafts players that I really like. But I do acknowledge you got a little bit of a layup in resolving the quarterback position. So I'll defer to putting him in solid, but I want to see how Jason transitions here in Tampa. And if he gets another, again, if he, like Lesney, gets into another winning window, then I think he will, will really deserve our flowers for that. Brett Veach. Top shelf. Top shelf. Mickey Loomis. Well, Kyle didn't answer, did he? Yes, top he did. Shelf. He said top shelf. Oh. Mickey Loomis. <laughs> I had to put him in solid. There, there's, there's enough black eyes but there's also like a lot of really, really good moments throughout his tenure. Um, I'm anxious to see what he can do to kind of get him out of the spot that they're in. But I, I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't put top shelf on the other two didn't work. So I put solid. I agree. I agree with you. Um, you know, they've had a really successful stretch of play and Instead of doing what Les did, they've tried to have their cake and eat it too. And we're seeing how that's turning out. And I think that mm -hmm. may soil this before it's all said and done. But I do think if anybody was going to have the trust within the organization to ride it out, like Mickey Loomis has put himself in that spot. And you couldn't put him any lower than solid. Right. Duke Tobin. Solid. Solid. Got a good roster. Tom Telesco. Solid. They draft a lot of good players, right? I think mm -hmm. a lot of the fundamental issues with the Chargers are not necessarily talent-related. They're durability-related, <laughs> health-related. Right. I think there's some coaching stuff right now. So, yeah. uh, He's whipped on some coaching hires, and you wonder how much of that's his, right? you mm. know, Bill Belichick. Not it. I thought that was going to be a hot take, but I also have Bill as, as a general manager and executive. Not it. Yeah, that's I would have been there with you guys as well. John Robinson. All right. Okay. Are you going to say say it? I'm yeah. I'm going to say it. Um, jury's still out. I I hate I hate that for him. 
But this guy has a lot of black eyes, man. And just the amount of draft picks that don't ever get second contracts from him, the inability to get this team over the hump, whether it was trying to find the pass rush a couple years ago and like relying on Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clowney and Tock McKinley to get that done. Um, I just don't feel like they've been able to, to take the next step as a, as a team. Now I think they they have a great coach in Mike Vrabel, but I, I wish that Mike Vrabel had more consistency with the talent he's given. I'll be honest with you. Um, he started in 2016. So he took over, and but that was the three and thirteen year. So that was the year after they drafted Mariota. Who did they take that year? 2016 draft. They went nine and seven for four consecutive years, and then they go eleven and five, twelve and five, another seven and five. But I think you make a great point, Joe. Like we kind of stumbled inadvertently onto some stuff with Tannehill and lightning in a bottle and. All the credit in the world because you got him an incredible discount, right? He's been a productive starting player for you. Yeah. But is this not the same man that explicitly says he drafts exclusively for need early in the draft? Yep. Yep. That's how you draft Corey Davis at five overall. That's how you draft Isaiah Wilson in the top 30. But like, dude, like look at this, look at this resume of draft picks. Like who signs extensions? Nobody, dude. They couldn't even keep A.J. Brown. Yeah, you know what? We, we haven't mentioned that, but the entire A.J. Brown saga is a black eye for Tennessee, no matter what Traylon Burks becomes. That feel good? I just hit They me. didn't re-sign Jack Conklin. Like, <laughs> these are draft picks that you hit on, and you couldn't bring them back, much less you're out here releasing a Dory Jackson and releasing Isaiah Wilson. Corey Davis walks like, Rashad Evans is cut before he's out of his rookie deal. Like there are just way too many mismanagement of, of high, high caliber resources for, for me to think overly high of Mr. Robinson. So how do you foil that? Never. We, we haven't mentioned Kevin Dodd's name yet. How do you foil that with guys like Kevin Byard in the third round? Guys like John Smith, who was a productive player for them in the third round before he left. Couldn't retain guys like Amani hooker, David long, They've had some quality hits later in the draft. But imagine if he was like had a better batting average at the top of the draft, right? <laughs> like everybody gets some of those steals. Even John Elway had some some day three steals, man. So you still think this is too early to tell then? I guess well, that's why I'm just, surprised. Maybe I, I just don't like my buckets, but like <laughs> this was a this was a guy where it's just like, I don't know, how can I say he's solid? I I I feel like they're getting it done in spite of them. So that sounds like not it to me. Well, I, I also had to recognize that. Well, I mean, what is this guy? Has he had he's a not, has not six had, consecutive had winning seasons? Season. Like, that, there's probably a very small list of teams in the NFL that could say that. Yeah. Chris Ballard. Not it. I'm out. You said not it. Said not it. The buckets we gave were jury still out, solid, not it, and top shelf. Right. He's not top shelf. Right. This is, to me, he's in the John Robinson bucket where it's like, but I don't let's know. Let's just like, call it the John Robinson bucket. 
okay, thank you. And because that's then a that, new bucket. That makes it right. Like, because even like Tom Telesco probably. Yeah, he yeah, Telesco's going to go back in into the into the John Robinson bucket. Okay, so <laughs> the, the John Robinson bucket. John Robinson. I'm actually going to write. The we name populate name. it real quick here with some guys. Can I continue with the names while you guys no, do not this? Yet, not sure. yet, not yet. Wait, wait. So I said Robinson, Telesco, and Chris yeah, Ballard. Chris Ballard. We're categorizing in, uh, a bunch of names here. Right. John Lynch. I put solid. Two. Uh, jury's still out. Howie Roseman. Chris, not even going to ask me why I said that. Nah. I, I wanted to hear some thoughts. Yeah, Chris, just, Chris is just trying to get through it right now. He's sitting here scrolling we on his phone. We have 20 now more names, and we have 12 minutes before I've got to yeah, get out of here for a meeting. the jury's still out on first-year guys is going to be really fast. Joe Shane, Ryan. Pons, I now know what guys. floating around producing this thing looks like. It's Chris yeah. sitting here diddling on and his I, cell phone. And, and I will show the camera. The phone is the list of <laughs> names that Joe gave me that I'm trying to get through, and we're sidebarring. And again, I have a meeting to get to in 12 minutes. We all An do. Ornery. No, it's a different It's a different meeting than you, Joe. Okay, we all have a meeting yeah, to get to in 12 minutes. Um, for John, it's I, relatively new. I don't know what he's responsible for and what Kyle Shanahan's responsible for. So because there's that ambiguity, I left it in juries still out. Fair enough. Howie Roseman. Top shelf. Top shelf. Even I have to admit it. Eric DaCosta. Top shelf. Man, I wanted to put him in top shelf. But I don't know that the problems that are popping up annually for the Ravens, I don't know that they're necessarily his fault. If, if you're just basing it on the parameters of drafting good players, there is nobody in the draft that does it more consistently and better than Eric DaCosta. If you had draft good players as a lifestyle, DaCosta is the poster child. But as we all know, there's more that goes into being a general manager than just managing the draft. So he's on the fence between top shelf and solid for me. I really struggled with which one I wanted to put him in, but I wanted to give a little bit of context here, and I'm going to shut up now because Chris is meat mugging me again. Jerry Jones. Not, Not it. it. John Schneider. Solid. Solid. Thank you. <laughs> Andrew Barry. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. Steve Kime. Not it. Not it, but I don't know how much of it's... I don't know how many of the personnel lapses are really Steve. You know, there, there's some politics involved there. Chris Greer. Solid. Solid, but if they sustain this level of play, it won't be long before he's top shelf. Joe Douglas. Solid. But if the Jets sustain this level of play, it won't be long before he's in top shot. I just want the. the I just don't know why Joe hasn't said where he put him yet. Well, because I, I had him somewhere that I, I want to put him in the John Robinson bucket. Oh, that's Chris. That you could owe be. Me an apology Whoa, what do you mean? What do you mean? Thing? You got to get the quarterback spot right. That's Kyle, the most important thing a GM you does. You have never done anything. If, if compared to this, you have done nothing to insult me ever. When we've done one of these. What do you, I've given, I've I would rather really him be in the jury still Joe out Douglas. bucket than in the John Robinson bucket. We're going to sit here and, and talk about how he botched that number two pick with Zach Wilson. They still don't have a quarterback, and we're going to give him flowers? 
Yeah, I'm gonna. He's in that job. I'm gonna Robinson give him flowers picking. for picking the coach, for getting the corner, for getting a running back, for getting a tackle, for getting everything else in free agency. Yeah, I'm gonna because he's got batting pretty well, other than one thing. The most important sure. function of your job. That's fine, but everything else he's done a very excellent job in. So to put him in the job, you're Robinson telling me bucket, I need to put him with 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 John Schneider and Jason Light and Les Need and Mickey. Can like, you put him? What? Can you put him in the jury still out bucket? That's not as good as the John Robinson. And the John Robinson bucket. John Robinson bucket is better. I disagree, but okay. Well, he was in the jury still out bucket until I we created the John Robinson bucket, and I moved into the John Robinson bucket. So whatever you want to do to make yourself sleep better tonight, you do. Martin Mayhew. Jury's still out. Jury's still out. Quesi Adolfo Mesa. Jury's still out. I'll give you. I'll give you guys a clue. I only have one more the rest of the way that is not jury is still out. Okay. Trent Balky. And it's this guy, not it. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll do it. I'll put him in, not it. Welcome. Nick Casario. Not it. Not Scott it. Scott Fitterer. Not it. Oh, you said not it. Uh, no, I'm sorry. J- Jerry I, I want to put him in, me. not it. No, I want to put him in, not it. He's a guy. He hasn't been there long enough for me to know how much of this crap is his fault. Terry Fontenot. Jerry's out. Jerry's still Brad out. Brad Holmes. Jerry's out. Man. Jury's still out, but the arrow's pointing it sure up. Is. But not on uh, Joe Douglas, Chris. Uh, right, because we, we don't have the quarterback in Detroit Northern either. Bruincy. But 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 intellectually we, dishonest. It's unbelievable from Joe. <laughs> you have got to be this kidding. Is, first, he doesn't show up for the show yesterday. Right, and then now this. <laughs> this is this. I'm is. not going to let this affect me. Holy <laughs> cow! He just crossed his arms. I'm good. What's the next GM? <laughs> <laughs> um, what's this? George Patton. Peyton. 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 He did make that. He did Jury's make that Russell out. Wilson trade, though. It's not looking. Man, good he was doing really good up until then. <laughs> Ryan Poles, Jerry still. Wait, you got to think he's pretty responsible for Nathaniel Hackett too, right? With no ownership being right? involved. Oof. Yeah. Woo. All right, we want to move him. Why are you talking about some black eyes? Who'd you Ryan say? Ryan Poles, Jerry still. Uh, Jerry still out. Joe Shane, Jerry still. Jerry still. Dave Ziegler, Jerry still. Jerry's there you go. There's the list. We did it. We did the thing. We did the thing. And Chris, guess what? We or still have a few minutes. We still have a few minutes. I can yell at show. Joe about being intellectually dishonest. Joe, what's what's the most challenging thing about doing the show when Chris and I are together and you are not? Nothing. There's nothing challenging about it. it well, how is it different for you? Uh, the biggest difference is that I we didn't start the podcast with 10 minutes of you guys being at each other's each other's throat over audio issues. <laughs> that that's the yeah. I literally that's the just sit here and wait so for Chris far. to get the uh, mixer turned on. It's an we amazing. In here and a, Chris is like, "How hey, we sound?" I'm like, "Not good." <laughs> that's the biggest difference. Yeah, we, we, there's no arguments over the audio equipment because I'm just yelling at myself over the audio equipment. That's so that's normally how it goes. Right. So that that was the biggest shift. Um, other than that, it was fine. We did the thing. We did the two things. We did the Levy Grill and we did the. Tear maker. There's people that thought it couldn't. Some happen. people said it couldn't be done. Are furious. Things. So tomorrow is the the weekly watch list, but we only have the NFL slate, so we got a big board, and then we'll figure something out. Yeah, have some fun. Yeah. Be guys being dudes. guys being dudes. You know, podcast. So make sure everybody plans accordingly. Come on back, see us. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Shooters. Thanks for friends over at Bet Online for their continued support of the show. Make it a great rest of your Wednesday. Talk to you all again tomorrow. 
Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.